going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 10 of the Immaculate Sports Podcast, presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram, at Sports. YouTube, Immaculate Sports. I'm here with Shabby. And me. And Kyle. Yeah, no Just Alex today. Yeah, had to sit this one out. So we got yeah. an expanded role. For and Mr. hey, if you notice the difference in my voice, negative COVID test. Yes, sir. Welcome back. back. Yeah. So shall we get right into it? Let's go. Let's go. So my opener, start off the week, was, or start off the episode, that is, is the Kyler Murray, Hale Murray touchdown. Murray. Yeah, to DeAndre Hopkins at the end of the game versus Buffalo. That game was a crazy game. Diggs had a touchdown for Buffalo. I think like 26 seconds left. left, Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then Kyler gets the... Team down to the 50, chucks it up to DeAndre Hopkins, and the rest is history. The coverage from Buffalo on that one was a little shaky. They had three guys on DeAndre Hopkins, but Andy Isabella was right next to DeAndre Hopkins if a rebound were to happen right there. They doubled a guy in the flat, which really didn't make sense with how much time was left during that play. Just a a bad sequence for Buffalo and a great sequence for the Cardinals. A good good win. Could not have lost uh, back-to-back games. Yeah. And you know why he got that? How he did it? It was the Jordan Gloves. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing I saw was the USC comeback. 34-30 win over Arizona. Keaton Slovis does it for the second week in a row. Yeah, it was back and forth at the end there, too. Yeah, 325 and a touchdown. Not the greatest, but hey, he's been perfect in the fourth quarter. That's all you need. Yeah. And with no Alex, we don't have his opener. So that takes us right into where's your head at. And leading, <clears throat> leading off in that segment is Drew Brees and his injury and how that affects the Saints. Uh, he went into the game, Drew Brees did, with a fractured rib at the at most, or at least that's what they were saying, and then came out of the game with at least five fractured ribs mm. and a collapsed lung. I don't even know how someone like even like lives through that. That just seems so painful. Both sides of your body just Small guy with a big heart. Yeah, that guy's not going to go down without a fight. Hopefully he's back by the end of the season. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that, and what will the Saints do? For the yeah, year? this means everything to the Saints. I know they did it last year, but they had Teddy Bridgewater last year. He's a serviceable backup. Winston, I don't know if you guys watched the end of that game. On the goal line, he threw about seven balls that could have been pick sixes. And uh, they do have an advantage, though. They swept Tampa Bay, so I, I think there's a good chance they're both going to be around 10-6. and six. They would have the tiebreaker. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this is going to be all on Winston. I think we're going to see a lot of Taysom Hill mm-hmm. in the upcoming weeks. Um, I don't know if it'll be 50-50 or you know, 60-40, but I think we'll see a lot more of that wildcat formation where Taysom Hill's lined up at quarterback, get those power runs, and you'll probably end up seeing him throw the ball a little more than what we're used to. hope so. Yeah. So this New Orleans Saints, their schedule in the next four weeks goes Falcons, Broncos, Falcons, Eagles. With the, the Eagles game being in Philly, and same with the Broncos game. And then after that, they have the Chiefs. So they're going to need him back by that game, or else they will lose by 60. Lose lose either either way, but, yeah. Yeah. but for the next four weeks, it looks pretty safe for them without Drew Brees, or somehow if he does come back with him. Uh, I think mm-hmm. they'll be safe. Also, one thing to note, uh, I'm sorry, Brett, you have Kamara on your fantasy team. Yes, that I do. Watch his, his production over these next couple of weeks because Jameis is not a guy that likes to check down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but Sean Payton might be like, 
Yeah. You have this dude right here. That was giving my next point. We might see a little more conservative offense than what we're used to with. I mean, the Saints offense is already pretty conservative with Breeze. Yeah. You don't see a lot of passing down the field. Um, I don't expect much to change. I think Payton's going to try to keep it simple. I think Kamara will be used a lot. We'll probably see more Latavius Murray as well, just running. Ground and pound. Yeah, more ground and pound. Yeah. So let's move to our next segment where we're talking about the NFC West. We already talked about the Cardinals a little bit and their win. The Rams beat the Seahawks in Los Angeles. Russell Wilson didn't look the greatest in that game, so they are up to 6-3. and three. Seahawks are down to 6-3. and three. Uh, Niners four and six. They're kind of the question though oh. right now, with uh, how many injuries they have. But who do you guys think is the best team in the NFC West? Perhaps the best division in football. I think it's Arizona right now. Kyler and D Hop are unstoppable. The defense allows a lot of points, a lot of yards, but they turn the ball over. Or yeah. I'm sorry, they take the ball away. They have lots of takeovers, way more than uh, Seattle's defense has so far. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to stick with Seattle. Uh, I I've been watching these teams for you no know, as long as I remember being a Niner fan, but I gotta put my trust in Russell Wilson. I know he looked shaky this week, but I think he's gonna bounce back. That defense, there are definitely some question marks. Uh, if Chandler Jones was healthy, I think I would take Arizona, mm-hmm. but not having that premier pass rusher, I think really hurts them. Uh, the Rams just a little bit too inconsistent for my liking. So give me Seattle. Yeah, and they play each other, so yeah. Yeah, I think the big question in this division is what is Russell Wilson? We've seen greatness from him before, obviously, but we also haven't seen the greatest football from him. Last three games, 10 total turnovers. Mm-hmm. Not going to be playing winning football when you're playing like that. Arizona has already beat Seattle. They play again on Thursday, which is going to be a fun matchup. We'll talk about that yeah. a little bit more later. And Los Angeles, like Brett said, a little too inconsistent for his liking. I kind of agree with that. They have a great defense, but... You really don't know what you're going to get from Jared Goff because some days he's perfect, other days he's terrible. Kind of alarming. Yeah, and one thing that you need from a great team is you need consistency, and you really don't have that in Jared Goff. Mm -hmm. Let's move to another division in the NFC. This one's a little bit worse than the NFC West, though, in the NFC East. We saw the Giants take down the healthiest Eagles that they've been all all season. It's kind of weird to think because the Eagles beat them with like nobody but then it was to them with most of their team healthy cowboys really nowhere to be found and then the washington football team almost said hey shout game. out to alex smith yeah career day. shout out to him absolutely yeah. <laughs> career high yeah. in completions and in yards which is just crazy to think yeah after what all he what he has been through my comeback play of the year i, I might know, have to change my mind there, there we go there we go but this question is about the Giants. Is this division the Giants to win? Yeah, call me crazy. I think this is the Giants division. Uh, the Eagles are starting to get healthy, but still, James Bradbury has been the best free agent signing all year. It's he's been he's been really solid, very good. Also, Beast. Blake Martinez, Kyle Frackrell, Leonard Williams, all stepping up. The O line played amazing last week. Uh, I saw a stat: Daniel Jones threw from a clean pocket like 19 times last week. And, hey, it doesn't even matter if he's digressing at all. If he has a clean pocket, he'll be fine. Yeah. Well, I think going back to their last matchup, the Eagles and Giants, I think that was – I think the Giants choked that game away. Yeah, that's I, true. I, I think the Giants should have won that game. dropped like three passes. They too. looked like the better team for most of that game. And, I mean, Miles Sanders was back healthy this week for the Eagles. I think they should have ran it a little more. 
I don't think Wentz looked very good. Uh, their no. rushing game was promising. I know Boston Scott had a long touchdown run. He did. But right now, the Giants seem like the most competent team in that division. Not to say that they're good, but I don't think any team in that division is good. Yeah, so. I have to agree. As a Jets fan, I know what incompetence looks like. Yeah. I agree. I think this is the Giants division to win, and I kind of like this Giants team. In the future, I know we're talking about this year, but in the future when they get uh, Saquon back and with an addition of an offensive line a little bit more, even though they've played well on Sunday, I think this team might actually be able to compete for a legitimate playoff spot next year. Obviously this year it's a little bit different because five wins might just get you into the playoffs. (laughs) And it seems that way, and it might actually happen. The Giants, with no Saquon, will be your NFC East Divisional winners. Let's move to a team in the AFC that played on primetime, had a couple questionable decisions, and ended up losing in Foxborough, which is weird to say of having like losing in Foxborough be like an alarming thing with how good the Patriots have been the last 20 yeah. years, but are the Ravens dead? They're not dead yet. Uh, I think they're probably going to get the five seed. I know as a Raider fan, you don't like to hear that, but I think it's going to happen. And that's going to be a game against Tennessee or Indy, which is very winnable for this Ravens team. Um, horrific play calling from Greg Roman, who it's it's a crazy story. This guy was probably going to take some head coaching calls for next year, but it's so questionable this year. I don't think yeah. that's possible anymore. Mm-hmm. And man. If you have Lamar Jackson, you don't run a double move down the seam on third and two. Yeah. Like, come on. Or throw a jump ball to Marquise Hollywood Brown. Let him make a play with his feet. Yeah. yeah. That's when they're most effective. Like, I had Lamar Jackson on my fantasy team. I traded him away simply, basically for the reason that they're not letting him run as much as yeah. year. Or he's not running as much as year. Yeah. Last year, they were so good and so effective because he was able to, you know, move around the pocket and make plays. This year, it just doesn't seem like they're giving him the freedom to do that. They're not calling as many design. I feel like runs. they're doing the reverse RG3. Yeah. You know, now that there's some tape, they want to change everything they did last year. They should have just let him roll. Yeah, and did you see the conditions in Foxborough? Yeah. It was terrible. That was That's crazy. the game you need to be pounding the rock. Yeah. And they, you think that, multiple times they tried to throw it. And it just, yeah. You think that'd be the type of game that Baltimore should dominate with yeah, yeah. how they play? They don't throw the ball much, they run the ball a lot, and they have one of the best defenses in the league usually and you would think yeah. that'd be a game that they dominate but obviously they didn't uh one so, one more note kyle before you move on no i'm not um, i'm not moving on oh yet. i'm sorry but you go. Go. oh well i've been to a foxborough snow game it was nothing like what i saw on tv yeah yeah that's it's rough over there but the five through nine seeds all in the afc in the wild card the raiders dolphins ravens browns and titans are all six and three yeah so it's going to be an interesting battle to watch. I do not think this Ravens team is dead. I still think they have a great chance to find a spot in the playoffs. Currently, they are the seventh seed, and I think they're better than the Browns. Uh, we'll see about the Titans this week because they play. Dolphins, I think, are really good, and yeah. a lot of people Colts know my still there too. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people know I'm my opinions that. on the Raiders. Well, the Colts are winning the division. Oh yeah, yeah, right sure. now, so it's. It's their spot. Who's right about Indy, guys? Huh? <laughs> Everyone wanted to give up on them. Yeah, well, Indy, Indy's. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if they win that game. I don't know if they win that game if Tennessee has a punter, like right. seventeen-yard punt, 
blocked punt. <laughs> that, okay, uh, these are cap on that yeah. Punt, also, yeah. Goskowski also missed the field goal. These are true. So if they change those things up, and it's, it's not talked about a lot. Special teams do need to have a good punter. You need to have a good kicker to mm-hmm. win a lot of football games. And that's a lot of special teams yeah. by this week, just in general. A lot of punt kick mm-hmm. returns. There was three muff punts in the Niner game. Was, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Let's move on to our last segment segment before halftime. I don't know why I said that. But uh, we're going to talk about playoff push. And none of these teams are 6-3. and three. Two of them are in the a- NFC, one of them being in the AFC, and one of them playing in that game against the Ravens. What has or what team has a higher chance to make the playoffs? The Lions, the Vikings, or the Patriots? It's the Patriots. All right, the NFC is absolutely brutal this year. You know, the uh, Drew Brees injury helps a little bit, but still, grabbing a wild card spot in the NFC will be tougher than everyone thinks. Um, Bill Belichick's always got something up his sleeve. He's never done. He's not going to quit. He's not going to start tanking, unless it's against the Jets. But um, also, by the way, guys, the Patriots have a head-to-head tiebreaker right now over all three wild card teams. It's true. They beat them all. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree. I'm gonna have to go with Patriots. Not, I think the Vikings of those three teams are the best team. But yeah. with the start, I believe they started 0 4. With the start they got, it's just too hard to come back in the NFC. Uh, the Patriots holding those tiebreakers, and with probably a little bit weaker AFC um, towards that back uh, wild card area, uh, I think the Patriots probably have the best chance. But with that being said, I don't think any of those three teams make it. Probably not. Yeah, I don't think any of the three teams do make it, but my team that I'm picking for this is the Minnesota Vikings. They struggled on Monday night, but still got away with the victory. They've won three games in a row, one of them being versus the Lions that we're talking about in this segment, yeah. and one of them being against a top dog in the NFC and the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. They lost to the Seahawks by one, lost to the Titans by one. This team is not a bad team. They have a pretty good offense, in my opinion. Dalvin Cook's perhaps the best running back in the NFL. And their defense really showed up on Monday night, even though it was against Nick Foles and their terrible offense in Chicago. I think Minnesota has the best chance, and they're hot right now. Mm-hmm. You know, my first instinct was to pick the Vikings. So, and then I realized Bill Belichick, Kirk Cousins is bound to implode yeah. at some point. Well, he hasn't had to do much. I mean, yeah. while they've been winning, it, it's been primarily Dalton Cook. Yeah. 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 Cousins just had to not make those huge key mistakes, and so far he's done that. That's true. And that leads us to halftime. Welcome to halftime, everybody. We're going to start it off with a little week 11 NCAA football recap. So, two Midwest teams. Stay undefeated, Cincinnati and Notre Dame, their respective quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter and Ian Book, solid days. Moving on up a little bit in the Heisman conversation. We had Florida, number six in the nation now, take down Arkansas. Thanks to Kyle Trask, six touchdowns. Yeah, versus Felipe Franks. Oh, yeah. A little rivalry. Who was solid, I believe, right? Who's all right? Is he okay? I don't don't watch the game. I think you played all right. But it's just Kyle Trask was. just going on. He was all right. You know, it was it was close uh-huh. for about a quarter and a half, and then there was like a three minute period of touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Yeah. Thanks to Kyle Trask, Indiana 
shuts out Michigan State on the road, setting up an interesting matchup against Ohio State. Probably yeah. their toughest game of the year. Yeah. You know, I like Michael Phoenix. I don't know about NFL prospect level. It's fun to watch, though. He is. Another game that just brought joy to me. Wisconsin beating the crap out of Michigan in Ann Arbor, 49-11, to and Graham Mertz return to Coastal. Michigan sucks, man. Shout out to Alex. Yeah, oh, yeah. shout out to Alex. Go Good to be look. here. Joe Milton sucks. I don't, I don't even know if he's going to listen. Alex, if you're listening, text me your favorite color. <laughs> it's Michigan yellow. Oh, and another well, game that should be on more people's radars, but is it? Tulsa upsets Southern Methodist. At home, 28-24. Keep an eye on Tulsa. You'll find out why in a couple minutes. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Some more college football news. The South Carolina corner, J.C. Horn, opted out for the rest of the season. Right now, he's my number three DB. So good at man coverage. So you have Sertain? I have Sertain, Sean Wade, then J.C. Horn, and then Caleb Farley. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense, yeah. Number five, maybe Javon Holland. I don't know. Uh-huh. I have to do some more, uh, watch some more film. You know what I'm talking about? I'll see you there. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kyle, I want to know your top three in Heisman, Heisman voting Heisman. right now. Not Heisman, the Heisman voting. You too, Brett. I want to go last. Heisman. So, number three, I get the Alabama quarterback, Mac Jones. He's been playing great so far this year. Mm-hmm. Absolute beast. Number two, Justin Fields. Same amount of incompletions as he has touchdowns. It's pretty special. Mm. He's right there at number two. And number one, this guy that already talked about him a little bit, Mr. Kyle Trask. He's been a beast oh, yeah. so far. He's had just crazy stat lines. I think he's relatively consensus right now as number one yeah. as far as high It says the lose. Yeah. Uh, for my number three spot, I'm between Mac Jones and uh, Zach Wilson. I'm giving a slight edge to Zach Wilson. Uh, doesn't have as much talent around him. Still a very good BYU team, but he's he's really guided that team toward that right now, undefeated. Yeah. He's looking like a first-round draft prospect. I would love to see him go to the Niners this year. Uh, number two, uh, Fields. He's been amazing. 11 incompletions, 11 touchdowns, just electric. And number one, Kyle Trask. Uh, he's, he's really done it all for that Florida team. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to go the other way with mine. Number one, it's Kyle Trask. Yeah. He's been the most outstanding player in college football, and that's what the reward should be. Award, not reward. Also, another thing, today he uh, officially signed up for the Senior Bowl. So something like that could get him over the edge, maybe get him the quarterback two or three. I'm not saying he's better than Fields, but hey, Josh Allen flew up too. Same with Lance. I think Lance is going. And all three, or all of those guys will be very similar oh, in yeah. uh, draft rankings. Just, I don't think anyone's passing Lawrence, though. Good no. QB class, though. It I is. think Lawrence and Fields are number one and two. But yeah. after that, it's up for debate. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, I got Mac Jones from Alabama. Yeah, he's got a lot around him, but still. It's so much better than he was yeah. last year. Yeah. Number three. <laughs> if you guys know me, you know I'm a little unorthodox. I'm 100% on board. Defense for Heisman. So I'm going with Zaven Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa. All right? Okay, Hear me out. Right. Hear me out. <laughs> yeah, tell me the stats, man. Nine sacks, three pick sixes, two forced fumbles, led his team, Tulsa, to two wins over ranked opponents. 
held Oklahoma State and Chuba Hubbard to 19 points on the road. You gotta give him a shot. Did they beat Oklahoma State though? They did, but they they because they only scored seven points. But he's the leader of this team, man. He's the leader of the CUSA conference. I love it. I just don't understand how you can make a list and not have fields. Well, my honorable mentions, Trevor Lawrence. Set out two games. We don't know yet. Justin Fields hasn't played anyone good. After the Indiana game, he probably moves up to two or three. But we gotta watch. Zach Wilson, same with him. We gotta keep watching. Right. He he's played one good team, and they were all hurt. So boys. what's the Tulsa linebacker's name? <laughs> Zavin Collins. I've never right, heard you of heard him. that guy. You heard that Zavin Collins for Heisman. We'll see for Heisman defense for Heisman. Is he how old is he? Junior. I think junior? he's a junior. Okay. I don't want to get this wrong. This is your one guy. This is your one guy, Skyler. So who was told to beat in those two games? The the ranked opponents. They beat SMU and App State. Yeah, App State okay. was ranked at yeah. the time. Now they aren't. But Zaven is a junior. Okay. So, so he's draft eligible this year. Yes. We'll see if that name pops up. Perhaps. I hope so, man. Right. Middle round linebacker, baller. maybe. When was the last defensive finalist? Was it Manti Teo? Manti Teo was a finalist. And um, his girlfriend, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Woodson won it. Woodson did win it. There, I know when Dominic Sue was second, there was someone else. Scooby Wright. Scooby Wright from Arizona was yeah, third, I think. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Because he had like 17 or yeah. sacks. Or Didn't he end up going undrafted as well as Scooby yeah. Wright? And, you know, it's just. I love him in college. He's so good at the collegiate level and just yeah. you know, get that recognition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, let's go in a little bit of NFL football here. Not leaving halftime just yet. We had a whole bunch of things to talk about still. Uh, we're going to talk about some bad beats. Uh, the Cardinals favorite. and the Browns. First, the Cardinals. We saw their crazy play and uh, how they took the lead and eventually won. The line in that game was minus two and a half Arizona Cardinals. So they went up two at that time when they had that crazy mm-hmm. Hail Murray. And they you want to call it? The and they took, they took a knee on extra point. It's a smart football play. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, you, you take a risk of kicking this extra point and they block it and take it down. It's side up. Yeah. But a minus two and a half spread does not cover there. And then in Cleveland, crazy football weather in Cleveland, by the way. Uh, we saw that game even get delayed. You really don't see that with football. It's kind of rare. Yeah. Browns minus three and a half in that game. Seven to ten late in the game. Uh, I actually heard today in a Nick Chubb interview that he uh, talking about it in the huddle. They're like, oh yeah, don't score. Just get out of bounds or stay in bounds. We've heard that before. No score. Todd Gurley. <laughs> Nick Chubb gets the ball. Gets around, I think, to the left side, hits the sideline, and goes. But in his head, he forgot. He forgot that he was supposed to get out of bounds. He's running, 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 running. Everybody can bet on the Cleveland line, thinking they're going to win. And then he remembers at the 10-yard line, I'm not scoring. I'm going out of bounds. So he does, waddles out at at the one-yard line. Uh, But, yeah. You know, one more thing that about that fair. game is, too, nobody realizes um, when they were up by 10 with three minutes left, they allowed a 90-yard, two-minute drive. Well, yeah, but you're touchdown. playing that prevent defense, so. so it's a little bit more reasonable, that. but from zero points to scoring seven points like that, it's a little yeah. weird, yeah. 
So moving to our next thing in halftime is one of the Ravens' decision decisions on a Sunday night versus the Patriots. Fourth and one, they need to get the yard, obviously, or else turnover and downs. But they also need the yard for where they were in the game. You know, you think their best runner on that team is Lamar Jackson, no matter who who it is. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, best person with the ball in his hand is Lamar Jackson on the team. But they go wildcat. They give the ball to Mark Ingram. Bad snap, and then just falls on it. But if I don't understand why you don't put Lamar Jackson there at that spot, he's gonna give you you guys like if if well if you put Mark Ingram back there, they're running the ball. Hundred percent, they're running the ball. He's not yeah. gonna throw the ball. Lamar yeah. Jackson, ninety nine percent chance probably gonna run the ball, but you still have it. Still a chance. You still have to put you people keep outside. In the back of your mind that there's that chance that he might. Just throw that one. This is the problem with Greg Roman. He thinks he's outsmarting everyone. Yeah. We can't outsmart Big Bill. Bob's uh, nope. We're Lil Bill. He's not that tall, but he, he's a beast. It's never been done before. Uh, we'll talk about Tua next, who said yeah. after going 3-0 that he expected the NFL to be harder. He said it is hard, but he expected it to be harder. He's going to lose the next six games. Which is something... I really don't see him being cocky, but it's definitely a little remark that like kind of wows you, thinking that the NFL is going to be harder than it is. But, man, has he been great so far. Five yeah. touchdowns, no picks. Well, I assume this was a joke because, so. man, well, wait until his O-line starts playing bad or his receivers get hurt or, or he's defense. playing against Belichick. Yeah. Or Steelers or something. His defense he hasn't had to do much so yeah. far. They All beat the games. Cardinals, but... I mean, even so, the, has he thrown for over 200 yards in a game yet? Through for like 245 a couple times. Like, but even just watching, you know, the film and like the game, there hasn't been a lot put on his shoulders. That defense and special teams as well. Their special teams mm-hmm. have been amazing from what I've seen. Yeah. They've been putting that offense in position to win games, you know, short fields. Tua's been good. He hasn't made the mistakes that you'd expect out of a lot of rookie quarterbacks, but he also also hasn't had to go win them a football game. He hasn't had that fourth quarter drive, you know, meaningful drive. He hasn't been put in that high pressure situation yet. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think though, like Tua's like not to discredit him, like he's been great, and uh, like he really honestly hasn't needed to do much, like Brett said. But like it's like what's being asked of him right now. Like he's yeah. not being asked to like go yo like. He's go throw the ball around the yard and go like get Herbert. 300 he's yards. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, no, he doesn't need to do too much. Just don't make mistakes general. and we'll win you football games with our defense and run game. Yeah, so he, he's been great, but saying the NFL should have been or expected it to be harder is kind of interesting. Yeah. Let's move to another storyline where we saw DeAndre Baker's charges get dropped. Uh, I think he had like aggravated or, r- robbery yeah. or something like that could have been in jail for like 20 years including wow. aggravated assaults yeah with a deadly weapon. i mean yeah. if you just got paid what what's the first round signing bonus like 12 million at least that's eh, less what than are you robbing a party for but he's he's, he's probably hanging around the wrong mind. wrong crowd then yeah oh it was with uh the seattle seahawks coin yeah, who i believe did not get any yeah, he didn't actually charge against him. Yeah, still but, got cut though. Yeah, DeAndre right. Baker, as of like thirty minutes ago, did sign with the Kansas City Chiefs, or is expected to sign with yeah. them to the practice squad. Yeah. yeah, to the practice squad. But I mean, the Chiefs, man, they just keep getting better. 
Seems yeah. like the and NFL. Former first like round it. pick from Georgia. You, I mean, you got to give him another shot. Yeah. What was it? Two yeah. years ago, he was drafted two. Yeah. yeah. He, he was good too. Still a lot of talent. He's good. Um, Just a little interesting spot in the mind of him. Yeah. That takes us to our top ten power rankings going into Week Eleven. Right. Week Eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Of the NFL season, uh, all started off for us uh, starting from number ten. I have the Miami. Dolphins. I almost said Marlins there for a second. Mm-hmm. Been a little weird. <laughs> Number nine, I got the Las Vegas Raiders. Number eight, I got the Buffalo Bills. Number seven, Baltimore Ravens. Number six, I'm a big believer in this team. The Arizona Cardinals are my number six. Number five, Tampa Bay. Number four, Green Bay. Number three, New Orleans. And then number two and number one remain unchanged with Pittsburgh. And number one being Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, for me, I have a couple teams barely on the outside looking in. Uh, for a while, I had Miami at my number 10, but decided to go with Seattle on my number 10 instead. But all of Miami, the Rams, Indianapolis are just on the outside of the top 10. Uh, Seattle's at 10 just for the fact that I think Russell Wilson's better than Tua. Yeah. I think that's a better team than Miami. Uh, number 9, Las Vegas. 8, Arizona. Then Buffalo, Baltimore. 5, Tampa Bay. Green Bay, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, and Kansas City, still number one. Yep. And I got number 10, Indianapolis. Number nine, Tampa Bay. Number eight, LA Rams. Number seven, Miami. Number six, Buffalo. Number five, Arizona. Yes, sir. Uh, Number four, New Orleans. Three, Green Bay. Two, Pittsburgh, and one, Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty straightforward over there. Uh, That takes the last thing that we're going to talk about. In football during halftime. Now let's move to a little bit of baseball. We saw history over the weekend with Kim Ng. Ng. That's how you say Ng. your last name. Yeah. Becoming the first woman GM in, I think, all of North American professional sports. I think all four of the main yeah. sports. Yeah. Which is it's really cool to hear. A great resume, honestly. Mm-hmm. Incredible, like, incredible resume. She's, She's got, like, oh, three yeah. World Series rings mm-hmm. already. She's been in the major league front office. She's been in multiple teams front offices. Yeah, since 2001. She started yeah. as, um, I think, a waiver claim expert for Chicago. Yeah, she's, I think. she's been all over. What's Chicago? Uh, White Sox. Yeah. 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 And she's, was assistant GM for 20 years. Yeah. And she's a... Uh, time. Yeah, she's very well qualified for this yeah. job. They've done a lot of great things. And probably will do a lot of great things for that Marlins team. Yeah. On the up, up and up. Up and coming. Good hire by Jeter. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, and our second baseball story was Mike Clevenger, pitcher for the San Diego Padres, used to pitch for the Indians, got traded at the deadline, getting Tommy John. We saw us, him get injured in the postseason where he pitched the first inning of the game versus the Dodgers in the NLDS. Mm-hmm. Velocity around 96-97. First pitch in the second inning, 91, which was obviously from there kind yeah. of scary. They took him out right after that. And is going to end up needing Tommy John. Uh, he did sign a contract, though, right before, that, or probably right at the same time. Yeah. Or a two-year, two so he's going to be out all 2021, but he gets a prove-it deal in 2022 with the San Diego Padres. Yeah, exactly. That uh, two-year contract's going to be, like you said, a prove-it year. Mm-hmm. You know, if he has anything at all going for him. You want to have him under contract, just in case. That Padres team is going to be very good in two years, too. So mm-hmm. getting an arm like that back will oh, make yeah. that team very scary. Could even perhaps get Trevor Bauer in free agency this year. Something mm. to watch for. I'm going to say 
major cap, but we'll we'll see. <laughs> and that concludes baseball talk. We'll have a little NBA talk before we go to halftime. Yeah. And we'll see what we talk about after halftime as well. But first, uh, a little college basketball. March Madness perhaps being in a bubble, which is going to be kind of weird to see. But Indianapolis is, I guess, the leader to hold it right now. Mm-hmm. I saw like eight different places that they could play in Indianapolis, which would be probably sufficient, but they also need yeah. 64 practice courts, which, I mean, 64, Go block tops. 64 oh, turns man. into 32 within a day or two, so it's not... We'll see how that But that yeah, works. I like the idea of uh, playing it in Indy. Final Four is usually there, and it's nice to not play in, you know, yeah. San Jose or Anaheim. I mean, but what is weird, though, is, uh, you know, those those dudes are college kids. They're yeah. not, like, professional athletes. Yeah. Oh, they're going to get into some trouble. There sure. are 60 <laughs> or 68 teams, usually, of 20 yeah, players yeah. staying in hotels. I do not know how it's going to work and how protocol is going to stay with that many kids in one spot. Something's going to happen. I mean, in my opinion, the best thing to do would have a couple different bubbles, not just one big bubble. And then, you know, once you shrink it down a little bit, then you can all go to Indy. But I think it's going to be hard to get all those games and practices in in one place. And, you know, those kids are going to want to do stuff. And, I mean, that's... Their nature, it's fine, but you know it's going to be hard uh, to have one bubble. Yeah. It could easily happen is they just do a Final Four with the team's ranks one through four, which I know we all love March Madness. That'd be so tough. I think it would be good to start at 16 if they did that, have a little more yeah, yeah. playing. You know, Sweet 16 is kind of like the first big round, mm-hmm. I think, in a lot of people's minds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe a perfect bracket from someone like that, too. They have to cut it down, though. Yeah. You know, give them 100K instead of... Whatever it is, a million? I think it is a million. It's, it's, it's impossible. We'll never see it happen. But, Skyler, what, what do you know about the NBA draft coming up tomorrow? Yeah. NBA draft tomorrow night, 5 o'clock Pacific. Honestly, we have no idea what's going to happen. We don't. We don't. Um, my final thoughts are I think Minnesota is going to try as hard as they possibly can to get out of that number one spot. I think the Warriors will probably do the same. And I think Charlotte's taking Wiseman, 100%. But, you know, expect some crazy stuff to happen. Yesterday we saw, man, so many trades. We'll get into that in a couple minutes. But I'm expecting the craziest possible to happen tomorrow night. Yeah. And that concludes halftime. And starting off the second half, let's talk about those trades. First off, we're going to talk about CP3 to the Phoenix Suns. For Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, uh, Ty Jerome, and the Cleek or whatever his, his last name is, and then also a, yeah. a first-round pick in 2022. Uh-huh. Uh, I really don't know how much this move helped the Suns. Like, CP3 is good, but you also gave up a decent That's amount true. of stuff for CP3. And if you're not title contending, but you're not with that roster, I really don't see it as a great move for the Suns. But... Mm-hmm. In the development of Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, having a guy that's experienced, who's been in the playoffs year after year after year, never going super deep in the playoffs, never getting that ring, but experience of a veteran is definitely going to help over there in Phoenix. Yeah, the only thing I could think of here is they're going to try to package CP3 with Booker maybe, because getting rid of Kelly Oubre mm-hmm. is, that was ridiculous to me. If you're not getting, you know, someone a little younger than CP3, right? Yeah, it's fair. 
I think the move, I, I know a lot of people have talked about how it's going to help Booker. His, I think it's going to help Aiden a lot more. That's true. Uh, Booker is a very ball-dominant kind of ISO. Maybe not ISO, but, you know, the ball's typically in his... Catch and his, shoot. Yeah. Um, Aiden, when he was drafted, he, he was looked at as a very viable pick-and-roll mm-hmm. option. Uh, CP3 is going to bring a little more... Uh, organization to that offense. Yeah, it's going to be a little better than Rubio. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you'll probably see Booker a little more off-ball, more Clay Thompson-esque role. Um, but well, once again, I, I don't really like the trade. I, I think Oklahoma City won that trade Yeah. Uh, with the first-round picks going back. And I think Rubio is very talented, oh, yeah. very young. And even Rubio was... Rubio, Rubio, uh, Rubio has been working on his shot the past couple of years. He looks a lot guys. more serviceable, and he's always been a great passer and decision maker. So, yeah. I know this wasn't on our list of things to talk about, but how about OKC, man, and all their picks that they got? They're gonna be running the draft for years. Well, between them and the Pelicans, yeah. yeah, they got next couple of years. I but I think out of like five out of the next six years, OKC has three first round picks, which is like I know. First round picks in the NBA don't nearly mean as much in like the NFL. Well, but the thing about it is, it's more important in trading. Like yeah. you see, you just tossed in a first round pick that you don't think about, you know, for uh, for CP3. But imagine having three of those available for trade. Yeah, that can I mean, bring in even more players. Well, I don't know exactly the number that they have, but yeah. I'm sure they're more than willing to get rid of a couple of those, along with maybe a younger player to to get another yeah. star. Or they could just pull a Boston, yeah. you know, and just take player after player in the top three. And who knows how good the those uh, Clipper picks are and mm-hmm. how good the Houston picks are going to be in 2024 and 2025. Yeah, when, and they're about to clean house, too. Yeah, when Kawhi's most likely gone, Paul George most likely mm-hmm. gone, and then James Harden and Westbrook, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about them a little bit later on. Yeah. So our next trade that we saw was Drew Holiday to the Bucks for three first-round picks, Eric Bledsoe, and George Hill as well. I, this move was really uh, get the Bucks to keep Giannis there mm-hmm. for at least another year. You, you're probably going to get that done now with uh, Drew Holiday being there. Still got Middleton, great piece there, obviously, yeah. and obviously got Giannis. How much does this help the Bucks, though? Oh, this was absolutely necessary to happen right here. This was to show Giannis, please don't go to Miami. Don't go to Golden State, please, 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 please. <laughs> or at least don't demand a trade. He can't really choose right now where he yeah. wants to go. But um, it is. It's important. He's going to be a lot better than Eric Bledsoe at the point guard. And, uh, you know, a guy who could shoot a little bit. I, I do think Drew Holiday is an upgrade from Bledsoe, both defensively and offensively. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I've always liked Bledsoe, so I'm not sure how much of an upgrade this is. I don't know yeah. if it's three first-round picks. Drew Holiday is great on defense, though. So yeah, the best I, I think Drew Holiday is a star, but while I think the, the idea was absolutely necessary to get someone yeah. there for Giannis to stay, I understand why they did the trade. I just, it's hard for me to, you know, be giving up that many picks and George Hill and Bledsoe mm-hmm. for just Drew Holiday. Yeah, this plays, this play, this trade is to, to get a ring. For the Milwaukee yeah. Bucks. And they about the other side, too. You got a firecracker, Eric Bledsoe, playing next to Lonzo Ball. Yeah. yeah. They're they, trying to build something, too. That that yeah. team in New Orleans is going to be something to watch for. They already got Zion, Brandon Ingram. We saw the emergence of last year. Scrappy team. Uh, Lonzo Ball, 
Josh Hart, a whole bunch of other guys. Um, Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes, yeah, pretty yeah. explosive guy. He reminds me of uh, JaVale McGee. That's a yeah. very athletic team. We'll, oh, have, yeah. team. we'll have solid picks in the future as well because yeah. those Bucks picks, I mean, I don't Three Who years. knows who's going to be there? Still years. could be gone after one year. Yeah, I, I think Miami needs to get, or not Miami, Milwaukee needs to get to or win a championship. Yeah. Otherwise, I still think Giannis is he a free agent next year? I think. So. Yeah, I think either yeah. Florida's free agency and at least here's offers, or you know, this definitely feels like a Kevin Durant situation. Trade. Yeah, to me. Yeah. Let's move to our last guard trade that we saw over the first couple days of yeah. the NBA offseason with Dennis Schroeder going to the Lakers. <laughs> Solid player on the OKC Thunder the last couple mm-hmm. years. Going to the Lakers for Danny Green and first? I believe it's the 20th Oh, yeah, 20th pick, pick of the draft. Uh, you know, Lakers kind of needed a point guard. They got that. Yeah, with, yeah. They're, they're going to let Ronda walk after getting Schroeder, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. And, you know, Schroeder's uh, Obviously, a great bench player has proven that, but still, he could even start a point guard for them. Yeah, but the thing and is, fact, LeBron's going to be their point guard. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Also, that that salary cap is very interesting in it's Los Angeles. They because mm-hmm. he's got four year, seventy three million dollar deal that he signed mm-hmm. a couple years ago, and they obviously got LeBron's contract. They obviously got AD's contract. I don't know what Kuzma's working with right now. I, I think, think they he's going to Kuzma. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, next year, next year, I think Kuzma will. Be a name we hear in trade talks, and mm. it would not surprise me if they moved on from him. Yeah, but I think just like we saw last year, we're going to see a whole bunch of veteran minimums to yep. go to the Lakers and those those other roster yeah, spots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, they were trying to get rid of Danny Green as fast as possible. Yeah, got a ring though. That's true. Yeah. And that takes us. Are you good? Uh, yeah. All right. That takes us to a rumor now instead of trade actual mm-hmm. trades. Uh, with the Brooklyn Nets and James Harden. You know, he declined an extension that would have gotten him $50 million a year. It's kind of absurd to say that someone declined $50 million a year, yeah. no matter where it's going. You can tell he's pissed off. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Harden says that he or posted a air quote cryptic tweet yeah. with uh, taking yeah. the cap yeah, off the video. water bottle mm-hmm. yeah, or mm-hmm. something like that. And, Saying, and if you don't know what cap means, it means this is false. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's on to something, I guess. I think he's ring hunting. Uh, Rockets are probably sure. going to blow up here soon. Yeah. And uh, Harden going the Nets. Speaking of Rockets, I don't know if you're talking about the Robert Covington trade yeah. to uh, Portland. I think that was oh, yeah, a very yeah. good trade for Portland. Yeah. But yeah. on the lines of Harden to the Nets. You make them a... It, the favorite? I still think the Warriors and Lakers are better. Um, I, I think that roster with, you know, obviously Kyrie, Durant, and Harden is insanely talented. But when those three guys are going, they're all pretty much ISO players. And, you know, there's only one ball to pass. And that was the problem with Harden and Westbrook. Everyone's like, there's only yeah. one ball. Yeah. Unless they're able to implement a system where all three of those guys are now moving the ball and they become like deadly like the Warriors were in their prime, it's hard for me to see them really, you know, I think they'll obviously be a top seed. I don't really see them beating the Warriors or Lakers in that team in team defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all three of those guys are average to below average defensively. Except for maybe Durant. Yeah. So, did Harden decline his player option, or is he, is he done right now? 
I think he declined an extension. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think he's under like one or four. Yeah, I don't buy this at all. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, especially not the Nets. I just I don't think the Rockets would do that. Yeah, but I mean, he's got a lot of say and stuff, and what they get back. Hey, that, if they could get. You know, that's the thing, too. I, I think trading a guy like James Harden, they would have to get KD or Kyrie back. Or 17. Back. I think, well, how many well, first round picks do the Nets still have? They still got a few. I th- They'll well, probably get all those first round picks. Karis LeBert. Dinwiddie. Uh, Dinwiddie, if he's still on contract. Um, Jared Allen. Jared Allen. It, it would have to be pretty much the whole depth. Of the Nets, mm-hmm. plus whatever picks they have for just Harden. Yeah, and do you take that if you are the Nets to give away all your depth? <laughs> the Nets have done this or, before. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> it's a little different situation. I feel like yeah, older yeah. guys, yeah, but... I've, and they did not have Kevin Durant and Kyrie already on their team. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, the Nets are going to be one of the more intriguing teams to watch for in the NBA this year with. Obviously, KD not playing, Kyrie being hurt most of last year, and not mm-hmm. returning in the bubble. I think the Nets are in a very good situation right now. They yeah. have youth at the center position. Allen still got DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. Um, big if I were them, I'd stick with where they're at. Keep those first-round picks. Keep those young players. Yeah. Um, you know, they just got a new head coach. Uh, Steve Nash. I, I, I just wouldn't touch with the Nets happening. Yeah, and if you look at the East, you got a pissed-off uh, Milwaukee team. Well, at least Giannis is pissed off. Um, you got the Raptors who are about to implode. And Miami, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. has a lot of youth mixed with, you know, their entire yeah. bench, except for, you know, their their guard Hero. from Kentucky. Yeah. Um, Hero. They're old. Yeah. I mean, it, they're a good combination of young and old. I think yeah. they, they have a lot of smart players on that team. That's a True. very smart Butler. Mm-hmm. Iguodala, watching him at the Warriors, he's one of the smartest players I've ever seen. Uh, they just be signing Donis Haslam to like he's never going to play, but no, he offers a lot of wisdom yeah. and you know, he's yeah. he's basically another coach out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Miami will be good next year. I definitely think my Milwaukee upgraded from where they were a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think whatever they still got Bogdan Bogdanovich. They did from the Kings. Underrated move. I think he's a very solid yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think they're letting the other Lopez brother go, but he doesn't really matter, Robin. <laughs> but team I, chemistry. Yeah, and Philadelphia is going to blow it up. It's, it's going to be a four or five team. Yeah, it's going to be like how the East used to be. And yeah. the Celtics will be good, I yeah. believe. Too. Yeah, so and that's yeah. that's really how that. we've yeah. seen like basketball go. Like if you aren't in a spot to compete for a championship, you just blow it up. Just you know, that's the big difference between the NFL and the NBA. There's so many teams who are stuck in purgatory for up to 10 years because they can't tank. They have too many players under contract. Well, so it's like, yeah, what, 12 players you're paying? That, that's true, too. 12 yeah. on the roster. Yeah. yeah. That takes us to our next segment. Or not segment, but headline. Yeah. Russell Westbrook. Uh, we saw some rumors about where he could go if he does get traded. Where does Westbrook go? And does he get traded? I think he will. I'm going to go with, with the Mavericks. Imagine him with Luka and Kristaps, man. Something. Ooh. I, I think Kyle has the same idea, but I think Knicks. Um, I think the Knicks have been craving a star for years. I mean, that's a big market yeah. team. Uh, 
whenever they have a chance for a high draft pick, they haven't got it. Whenever they've been in the mix for a player, whether it's KD or whoever, they haven't got that player. Yeah, thank you. Well, um, they got Julius Randle. Yeah, but he's not a superstar. He, he, but I think Julius Randle will be headed to the Rockets in a potential oh, trade. Oh, I can see it. For they don't like Bigman, Westbrook. Um, they do not like Bigman. I just... If I'm the Rockets, I'm doing that and keeping Harden. I think the best way for them to win is to have Harden be their... I was talking to my dad about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, Iverson. When Iverson was in his prime... Iverson was the whole offense, and they surrounded him with defense, like Mutombo. And they basically let Iverson, you know, yeah. do whatever he wanted on offense. Would, that is when Harden is the best, when he's able to just control his own game. Um, he's Westbrook. he might, yeah. I mean, Harden and Westbrook. Westbrook would have that same situation with the Knicks. I think that would benefit both of them individually, um, and both teams. Yeah. So I think, and especially in that New York market, they'd finally get that star that they can feed off of. We love that New York market. Um, I, I think that's a trade both teams should explore. So yeah, yeah, I have an interesting take on this one. I've kind of seen this for at least a month or so. I doubt it happens, but I think it'd be cool if they trade him to the Orlando Magic. Or mm. Orlando's been a team that's been for Aaron Gordon. He's on the trade block right now. Markel Bolts, maybe. Ooh. You probably have to get both those guys. Markel Bolt. Well, I think for Westbrook, I don't think, I think he's good, but I don't think he has nearly the value that James Harden has. Agreed. The tr- I, the, I think Orlando is just trying to dump these guys, though. Yeah, but Orlando, I mean, Boosie. they got boosts. Yeah. Uh, they got some decent players on the team with Gordon, uh, as well as like Jonathan Isaac and Evan Fournier. She, how long is he going to be out? That was disgusting. No. Gruesome injury. Yeah. Um, he probably be out half the season. I think I don't remember the exact like yeah. diagnosis was, but I remember it was a disgusting injury. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I think he could go to Orlando. I think that'd be fun to watch. Orlando's been like a team the last couple of years. They, you know they get they go five hundred, they go five hundred, and get swept as the eight seed. That's pretty much how it's mm-hmm. been for the last couple of years. This wouldn't really make them a championship contender, but it'd put them in like a. The fifth or sixth team in the, that Eastern Conference. They need to grab their Penny Hardaway. Yeah, and they could have perhaps an upset in a round or two, which would be great for that franchise in that city, who really has not experienced anything since they went to the finals of the Black Lukovic is one of the most underappreciated players. Yeah, he's a beast. He's he's a very solid player, and getting a guard that could work with him, I mean, uh, pick and pop, he'd be, crazy, he'd be a better shoot. a better Stephen Adams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Westbrook and Stephen Adams are obviously a very good duo, so I think that would be that would be a good trade. Yeah, yeah. And this takes us to the NBA free agency, something that's exciting very or pretty much every single year. And uh, I don't think there's that many big of names in free agency this year. I think Paul Millsap no. is big name, but what do you th- what do you guys think would be a big move that happens this year in free agency? To be honest. I'm waiting for Giannis. <laughs> it's all about next year. We'll skip this year. But yeah. the trades are always going to be exciting. We know that. I think there'll be a couple big moves. With I think Ben Fleet will probably resign. That's true. I forgot um, about Ben Fleet. I thought he was angry, though, and wanted to leave. I think he stayed. He said he wants to get paid. He said, you know, uh, that's a guy who can go to New York. Montrez Harrell's a very interesting situation. Oh, yeah. Uh, unrestricted free agent. Gordon Hayward has a player option, I believe. I saw rumors of him sending an extension today. Mm. Yeah. How uh, good is he? But there's not a ton of premium names. There's Goran Dragic. 
Davis, Bertans, Gallinari, uh, Jeremy Grant, Joe Harris, a lot of role players, yeah. Yeah. type guys, wing players. So. But players like that, like we yeah. saw with the Warriors in their championships, they had a great star trio or quad, whatever you want to call it. But they had that that bench made that team. There's no like star player that's going to completely shake the NBA with like a free agent decision. But there's going to be a player that signs to the Warriors, Lakers, Clippers, uh, you know, whatever team is East Miami mm-hmm. that, you know, can really put that team over the edge and be that missing piece. Like the Warriors, they don't need a wing. They yeah. need another wing player. So I expect them to be aggressive in that market. Yeah. True. The Warriors like defense, so probably a defensive player heading that way. Jordan Poole will not cut it defensively. 3 and hmm. D. So that concludes Warriors are head at. And now let's get into our layups with our final couple segments of the show so last week i had the titans minus one and a half you know if they had a punter in that game it would have been a little different but oh, they ended up yeah, losing okay. by 17 points yeah well 17 yard punt and blocked punt as well it turned into a touchdown yeah. and a missed field goal together had a miami plus two and a half versus vatek yes sir the king pretty good have won that game yeah yeah outright win yeah and alex even though he's not here had indiana minus eight at MSU. Yeah, they shut him out. Which is uh, two weeks in a row, Alex got it right? Yeah. Wow. Shocking. Wait, did he get it right last week, though? I think he did. No, he didn't. He didn't. He um, got a. Uh, I think he took for his last three, at least, which yeah. is an improvement. He had a uh, Houston uh, minus seven versus Jacksonville last week, so. Oof. Yeah, but. Or two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, this week, I got Oklahoma State plus six versus Oklahoma rivalry game. Uh, I don't know about that one, Kyle. Well, it's still the Battle of Oklahoma, man. I know it's not Oklahoma, Texas, or they yeah. scored like sixteen points against Tulsa, man. Yeah. Are they gonna outscore but Spencer do you, Rattler? Do you trust Spencer Rattler? I trust him more than Spencer Saunders. How about Chuba Hubbard? That one is questionable. Yeah. <laughs> There's some guys on that Oklahoma State team who's. Pretty good. They have another running back as well. Mm-hmm. I'm blanking on the name right now, but he's a beast. I got OK State plus six. All right. I'm going with number seven, Cincinnati minus Woo! six at Central Florida. I know what you're going to say. Hater. I'm a Cincinnati hater. You are. I still am. I just uh, think that's a pretty. they're going to blow out Central point. Florida. I don't know. Desmond Ritter's been on a roll. I'm going uh, with him. I'll take Alex's. If you, uh, Alex had Miami at Denver minus three. Minus three for who? Who was favored? Um, I'm guessing Miami. Miami was favored. Okay. I'm guessing Alex <laughs> is taking Miami because I know he's a big Miami guy. So that is Alex's lip of the week. Yeah. That takes us to our bold prediction. Uh, last week I had Carolina beat Tampa. Started started off actually pretty well with 17 to 10, and then Tampa Bay just you know, ran away with it. They got stops and yeah. were not stopped on offense at all. Ended up winning 46-23, to 23, I think the final score was. Uh, Skyler had Minnesota trades the number one pick away. Hasn't happened yet. Has not happened Still yet. Still can. Yeah. Still but up in the air. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. See tomorrow at 5.05. And Alex <laughs> had uh, Houston beating Cleveland. Close. Yeah, close, kind of. Yeah. Ugly game. Yeah, ugly game. Cleveland, why they really played a factor there. Let's move to this week, where my upset or bold prediction is my favorite team taking down the best team in the NFL. Wow. The Raiders on Sunday night Never twice will beat the Kansas City Chiefs and sweep them in the 2020 campaign. All right. I don't see it. 
Well, I'm taking the Falcons to win in New Orleans against the Saints. Um, Jameis is not it. I don't care if Taysom Hill is is getting 60% of the snaps. I, I don't care. If Jameis touches the ball, they're going to lose to Atlanta. And for Alex, I'm not exactly sure which team he is talking about here, but his bold prediction is some team moves into the top four. I'm uh, assuming that's in Very college bold. football. Um, I'm going to go against Wait, Alex. That's in, that's in college football? I'm guessing so. I think it's in the, or the, the NBA. NBA draft. I think it's in the draft. I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Either way, I, I don't think that, that it's that bold. I'm just talking about the NBA draft. So I'm going to go college football, and I'm yes, sure he's wrong. Yeah. And that takes us to our favorite game in the upcoming week. And my game is an NS- a- AFC battle between two wildcard teams right now. Or, well, Titans aren't really a wildcard team right now. They're, They're the ninth seed. But they are six and three. Ravens are six and three. That's my game of the week. I think it's gonna be fun to watch the NFC divisional round uh, rematch of last year. Last year was is the Derrick Henry show. We saw him have a stupid play on Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas no longer there in Baltimore. Yeah. But definitely gonna be a lot, a lot of running in that game. Yeah. And my game of the week is gonna be some Sun Belt college football. App State. At number 15, Coastal Carolina. A pissed off App State team that lost to Tulsa. They should be in the top 10 right now. They are angry. Coastal Carolina. Hey, they were 11 when they lost. Are they unranked now? Yeah, they're unranked. 11? And they're they're 6 1 or 7 1 right now. Yeah, yeah. But Coastal Carolina, perfect. I think the number two defense in college football. This is going to be a great one. Uh, Yeah, for my game of the week, I'm going to go with the Indiana, I believe, number nine versus Ohio State, number three. Uh, Actually, number 10, I think. Number 10. Number 9 or number 10 for Indiana. I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, sorry. I'm sorry. But, sorry, um, you know, two of the top 10 teams in the country are not mm-hmm. this off. I think it's hard not to take that as one of the games of the week. I do think Ohio State wins comfortably, mm-hmm. but uh, Justin Fields versus a solid team is going to be yeah. good to see just for his draft stock. You know, he's yeah. had oh, a this will be his high school game. He's, right? had a, he's had a cakewalk so far. Yeah. I think Indiana will offer a little more res, uh, resistance, but that will be in my game of the week. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's the show, everybody. That concludes episode number 10. 10. Yeah. Number 10. Thanks for listening if you made it this far. Hi, Alex. Yeah. Hey, Alex. Perhaps. <laughs> Miss you, Alex. Get back here this, this oh, yeah. next week. Hey, we'll be back next Tuesday. Yes, sir. Thanks for Same listening. Same as always. Peace. Go Jets. Yes.